0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the In the Fat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill, joined as always by Jordan and Jess. So, guys, we finally got to have some football this weekend. It wasn't the greatest football, but we did get to see some. Well, we got to see some. Pac 12, they hit their game that they had over the Pac 12 network that everybody illegally streamed. It seemed like I watched mine on the YouTube, just saying. Whoever ever shared it on YouTube, I appreciate you very much. But yeah, so again, I'm. Pac-12, one of the many reasons that they're dying off is they hide it on this network that you can't even figure out how to get into and watch games. So I think that explains a lot about their, you know, past and future. But I figured this week we could talk about a couple of those games, namely the USC San Jose State and Navy Notre Dame games. And then we could jump right into some of our week one previews, since we have a lot of games coming at you this week. Some good ones. We have some good matchups and then some disappointing. You know, first opportunity to see some teams. That's going to be interesting. So let's start off with, again, recapping that week zero game. And let's start with San Jose State at USC. So obviously the story of the game was Caleb Williams, again, having a great game, 18 and 25, 278 yards of four touchdowns. Zachariah Branch, if you listen to any podcasts or any show this week, his name was mentioned quite a bit. Hearing everything from he's the next Reggie Bush to next Percy Harvin, and there's a lot of names being thrown around by him. So he was explosive, got a you know a return for a touchdown, had some good catches, I think he caught a touchdown. So it's really explosive. We'll see how he does as the year goes on, but true freshman really making some waves there. Things I noticed throughout the game, the USC offensive line really seemed to struggle. They had, I noticed, multiple line changes where they brought in new personnel. But that San Jose State got home to Caleb quite a bit, made run around and make plays that were probably harder for him than they should be against a San Jose State team. Then the USC defense gave up some big plays and seemed like they still had some of the same issues from last year. They did have some, I think, a little bit better line with Anthony Lucas and Bear Alexander in there in the middle, but still some tackling issues, some cornerback issues that I saw as well. So I want to pass along to you guys get your impressions at USC. Do we feel, still feel like they're a playoff contender? You know, Jess, I know you had them as a playoff contender, so we'll start with you. Any worry about your pick from last week, about them being a playoff contender, or do you just think it's a week one, Russ, they have to kind of get off their system here?
1: Well, I do think it was week one rust, but that being said, I did expect a bit more from them. I, San Jose State isn't some, you know, absolute dumpster fire of a team, but USC should have played a lot better. I've heard a lot of, like you, you know, I've listened to podcasts. I've heard other people talking about it. And we discussed this a bit before the game. You know, the defense is still a concern. I thought it was going to be better. I don't know what Lincoln Riley is doing. This was part of the issue at Oklahoma. They can't seem to figure out the defensive trenches. They're being gassed for yards in the run game. They seem to be trying to play a very aggressive style. I don't know if they have the personnel to truly make that work. Again, we talked about this a bit before. They're able to recruit these flashy players, the DBs, the wide receivers, quarterback. But it, he Lincoln Riley just can't seem to figure out what he what to do in the on the defensive side of the ball and particularly in the trenches. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if he needs to just kind of give over defensive coaching responsibilities completely, like just bringing a guy, change up this game. This is you do this. I'm going to focus on my attention where I clearly seem to care more about on the offensive side of the ball, but I still think they're a playoff team. They've clearly got the offensive firepower, but my confidence in, them is, in is a little shaken. Jordan, what about you? No, I don't think –
2: I think this game kind of showed a lot of already faults. I mean, yeah, it's week one. It's your first game of the season. But you would think, you know, if your defense is where you want your defense to be, then they would have a better outing. I mean, when you let up 198 rushing yards in the game, you had – San Jose State had a guy with six carries, 108 yards. I mean, when you give up those numbers, it, it just kind of shows. I mean, and you have a secondary that allowed this, you know, a receiver to have three touchdowns. It kind of shows that their defense is not where they want to be and it's not where they should be to be a playoff caliber team. And you would talk about Ohio State and you talk about Michigan, you talk about Georgia, even Alabama, LSU. You know, these teams have a defense. That has shown and proven that they can stop ninety percent of teams. USC can barely stop San Jose State, and also I'm worried about offense. If their old line's not going to, you know, Caleb's going to have to do everything. What happens if he gets hurt? What happens if a lot anything happens with that? Yeah, I mean, that... you
0: think about last year. He got hurt in that Utah game, right? And he they end up losing that game. So. You have to worry about that for sure with that O line. I mean, it's just, he, they got to get that figured out. Now, that you got to hope over a couple games, they'll get the right personnel because it may be just finding the right, you know, right five that sitting there and be the, be the offensive line that you need. So you got to hope they have an easy schedule to start. So you got to hope before be these first six games, they figure that out before they, they go to South Bend. So, yeah, that's the USC side of it. So, again, I'd be interested to see how they do. They play Nevada, so an easy team this week. But if they have the same issues, I think Nevada's obviously less talented than San Jose State. So you have to hope it's a, the score is a little more lopsided for your fact and they, get a, they do a little better on defense is what your hope would be. All right, let's move on to the Ever Week Zero game that we want to discuss, and that is Notre Dame at Navy in Dublin. Highest rated game of the week. Obviously, there was no competition for it. Everybody was watching his first game with a – of the weekend, but it was a good showing for my Heisman pick there, Sam Hartman. 19-23, 251 yards, four touchdowns. True freshman. I think I mentioned him on a couple shows last week. Jaden Greyhouse, free reception, 68 yards, two touchdowns. Really good effort for his first game. Audrick night 16 carries, 95 yards and a touchdown. That's with being benched after a fumble that they got back in the first half. So, overall, good game for by the Stars there at Notre Dame. Sam Hartman, I think, threw it to nine different people spread it around they didn't throw it to one single tight end in this game so if you look at last year all they threw it to was the tight end this one all they threw it to was not the tight end so interesting showing they were able to really take advantage of navy and they were really able to pound them up front with a much bigger and superior offensive and defensive lines and they held them to three points so good showing overall so jordan what was your impressions for notre dame
2: consistency both running the ball passing the ball really good discipline. All around. I'm pretty sure there was like one holding penalty on a receiver the whole game. They just look kind of right now. Yeah, it's week, you know, zero, but they kind of look like one of a one of the most all-around teams right now. You know, they have good defense. They have offense that has probably one of the best offensive lines in college football. And they can run and pass the ball, and it showed so good showing. And I'm glad Notre Dame got that big win. Didn't have to worry at all. But just don't jinx it again, guys. And not you guys, but Twitter. I saw tweets saying that only last time Notre Dame held <laughs> Navy to zero was in nineteen ninety eight or whatever. So next time let's just not jinx it. We should have it should have been forty two to zero.
0: <laughs> but well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, we should have. But yeah, no, I mean they should win for a touchdown anyway if they're really trying to get back in the game. But Jess, you know, obviously, you know, you're not the biggest Notre Dame fan. So what, from your perspective,
1: what did you see on Sam Hartman and Notre Dame here? I was very impressed. I We all predicted Notre Dame to win, but I'm I will admit I didn't expect them to be so thoroughly dominant that Navy just was never even in the game whatsoever. Uh, it seems like Notre Dame did whatever they wanted to, whenever they wanted to. I mean, it, it got boring. <laughs> we were texting a it during the game. Like, it, every time Navy had the ball, it was just like, Oh, man, you know, that boy, Navy like, offense like, is just, Na- yeah. it's so hard to watch. I imagine
0: playing against it must be so boring, too, because it's just the,
1: okay, yeah. But, it's but it, it wasn't even just that their style of offense was boring, it's that we all knew that they weren't going anywhere. You know, it felt like no matter what they did, Notre Dame had an answer. Again, it's week zero. Everyone was expecting Notre Dame to blow Navy out the water. No pun intended there. But yeah, see, there you go. I got to laugh. There you go. Thank you for the pity laugh, Tony. But uh, I mean, I was very impressed. Like with USC, let's see how they do once they actually get some real competition. But I am I left week zero more confident in Notre Dame's overall ability than USC's. I'm st- I still have USC making the playoff. But, again, as I said, my confidence them is a bit shaken. My thoughts about Notre Dame have only been reinforced. All right.
0: So, yeah, it's interesting to see the these teams. I would say Notre Dame has an easy game this week, Tennessee State. But then they have a tough one next week against North Carolina State. So that's going to be kind of the st- – True test to see what this offensive line, defensive line looks like gets a a more capable opponent, I guess I would say. All right, next up, let's talk about a little bit of news that came out this week, and that is in Ohio State. So Ohio State coach Ryan Day announced Tuesday that Colin McCord will start at quarterback for the Buckeyes when they play Indiana on Saturday. Although he did mention that Devin Brown, the other quarterback in contention, will also play. So that's always... Kind of weird when you have two quarterbacks playing, but you know, we'll see what that actually happens or not. What you need to know is that McCord in his third year has started one game, and that was in 2021 against Akron in place of injured CJ Stroud. In that game, he went 13 of 18 for 319 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. But that was his only start. And then Devin Brown, both he and McCord are both top 50 recruits. Very, you know, very similar as far as where they were ranked. Devin Brown is more of a, I would say, athletic running quarterback that can also pass. Where I think Kyle McCord is going to be more like CJ Stroud, who doesn't run a lot. I will say my my thought going in, I thought they were going to name Devin Brown a starter because I felt like they needed more of the quarterback run in their game to open up the offense a little more. Because we looked at last year, teams were beating them because... C.J. Travis wasn't running. Even if it was open, he would just try to throw it, and I felt like that hurt them as far as their offense. I think in this day and age, you got to have a quarterback that can run to be hyper-successful, but that they did not go that route, but we'll see if they actually, who plays when they actually go to Notre Dame in week four? It, will it be Deborah Brown? Will it be Kyle McCord? So, Jordan, what are your thoughts here? Do you think that, did, you, did Ohio State make the right choice, or are you just kind of more of waiting to see what the first couple games look like?
2: I think For them, they have an easy, you know, not super easy, but they kind of got one of the lesser teams in the Big Ten to start the season. I think the next two, you know, the next three games, they play Indiana, Youngstown State, and Western Kentucky. So, yeah, three games to kind of figure out who you want to be the starter. I think they did not They picked him to start this game because there's probably so neck and neck. They just, everybody was like, Where's the starter? Who's the starter? And they kind of just pick someone. I feel like they threw it at a dartboard. So, <laughs> but I think it was an okay pick. I think if it was any other game and they were doing this, that it was week four against Notre Dame and they were like, oh, we got two quarterbacks that are going to play, then it's a different story. But when you're playing Indiana, who Tony is really always high on, one year and Michael Penix got hurt. I can't help that. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, you never know. He could have the, he could be the starter right after this game and name starter for the rest of the season. But I think it was just something, that I think he deserves it a little more in the sense that he's been there, for, you know, three years and it's passed 58 times. But we, we won't know until probably, I feel like we won't know until the Notre Dame game, who's, the definite
0: starter, yeah, for sure. But you just and uh, my thought on this is, do they make the right call? Because you really want whoever that quarterback is going to be from Notre Dame to get a couple games under their belt and get comfortable. You don't want them, like, say, you want to call him a quarter for the first couple games, it's not working, go to Devin Brown, and then he's really this young guy with not a lot of experience going to Notre Dame. It's not going to be a good, I just feel like that's not a good way to go. So, what do you think? Your...
1: I like us. I think they made the right choice. McCord also has the repertoire with Marvin Harrison Jr., if I'm not mistaken, being that they went to high school together. So if I'm being honest, I wouldn't be surprised if that possibly was the deciding factor. You know, he's, as Jordan was saying, he's got more snaps under his belt. He's got more pass attempts. He's been here for a few years now. He's a bit more prototypical of a, a, you know, pocket passing quarterback. He's not some tremendous mega. If this was the right choice, I think is going to be determined by how he does against Notre Dame. I mean, Ohio State has enough talent that even if he isn't some phenomenal guy, you know, some phenomenal quarterback that, they should still win each of their first three games, and then they're going to get to Notre Dame, and that's where things are really going to be put on display. McCord, do you have what it takes? So, I like the yep. pick. I think it was the right pick, but there's really no telling until you get to Notre Dame.
0: Yep, nope. oh, I agree. It's just going to be fun to watch both this and Alabama as they go through these first couple games. I need because usually those are two teams that you can expect to have a good quarterback already in place, ready to go. And they both are kind of unsure what they're going to see when they get out there. So it's going to be fun to watch to see those performances. All right. Now we're going to do a quick round table of a bunch of different week one games, give you a little bit of a preview and give our predictions of who we think is going to win starting first as we were talking about them. Let's start first with Ohio state. They'll be going to Indiana kind of a tougher game to start. I mean, Normally, if you're a bigger team, you start with more of a FCS or a lower-level team to kind of get your kinks out. But Indiana, you know, if there is a team that Ohio State probably likes to play, it's probably Indiana. They've won 28 in a row since the tie in 1990. So since 1988, they're now 21, 29-1-1. One one. So if there's any team you want to play, it's them. Also, find interest that they're 62 and two since 1951. So Indiana just does not like playing Ohio State. Speaking of Indiana, they're going to hit reset a little bit as they have a new quarterback and a Tavian Jackson. a transfer from Tennessee. They have to kind of refresh the receiving corp a bit. They have uh, you know some transfers and some new guys in on the defensive side. The offensive front should be experienced. Should be you know pretty good offensive line for Indiana. This should be a better overall team that went four and eight last year, but I don't think they're going to really have a chance to show it until week two when they play Indiana State. Obviously, we talked a little bit about Ohio State, Kyle McCord. They have the best wide receiver, you know, group in the country. I I like to see Carnell Tate, the true freshman. He probably get some playing time and do well this year. He was a highly looked at recruit, one of the top wide receiver recruits to go along with like a Marvin Harrison and a Beck in the wide receiver side. I'm interested, though. I'm worried about an offensive line for Ohio State and how that will impact him. Look at this. I think it might be a little weird in the first half, but they should pull away for like, I'm thinking 42-21 is what I'm looking at a score for Ohio State winning. What say you, Jess?
1: Yeah, I think Ohio State's just going to run away with this. Unless McCord really is that bad. But even if he is that bad, I just think there's too much of a talent discrepancy here. Ohio State's got the two best receivers in the country, arguably. They've got, they've still got plenty of talent on that offensive line. They've got some solid pieces on defense. They got a bunch of, they got NFL guys all over their roster. It's week one. Ohio State's going to do what they're going to do. I don't think it's going to be some 52 or, you know, 56 to three kind of win, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, like 42 to 14. All right,
0: Jordan,
2: what do you say? I think Ohio State's going to win this game, but I think it's, I'm with you, Tony. I think it's going to be weird. It's going to be a weird first half. I think we don't really know what we're going to get from Ohio State when Kyle McCord, but we also don't really know what we're going to get from Indiana and Tavon Jackson. I mean, he threw four passes in 2022, and so he doesn't have that much under his belt either, but he could be. Amazing and carry this Indiana offense really well. And I think it might be a different, but I definitely think it's going to probably be a little closer than people are going to think. And I think Indiana might be able to cover the spread of, I think they, they have in Ohio State thir- minus 30 in this game. So that's a lot. I think I'm with you, Tony. I think 42 to 21, maybe 42 to 17. I think Indiana's gonna score some, just because it's gonna be Ohio State's just
0: gonna be kind of it's gonna be weird the first half. That's it. All right, moving on. Let's talk about Florida at Utah. This is happening Thursday night, so depending on when you listen to it, does it ever happen or has it? We'll see. So this what's interesting. You know, my biggest question coming to this: Does Utah actually have a starting quarterback for this game? Uh, obviously, star quarterback Cam is still trying to get past a knee injury he suffered in the Rose Bowl. He's questionable. The play in this game, and really, they have not said whether he will play or not. I don't know unless you guys have seen something different, I don't have a scene where he, they said he's going to play or not. Their his top backup, Brandon Rose, was hurt in the preseason, and I think he's up in the air for this as well. So we may have like a third string walk on playing this game. So that would scare me a bit if I'm a Utah fan. But this is in Utah. I think we talked about in this podcast last year. Utahs is a totally different team. Utah, those, you know. Rowdy fans. They seem to get up and they beat teams like USC and Oregon and other teams that usually are more talented than them because they just they play hard in front of those fans. For Florida, I'm just not quite sure what to expect. Graham Mertz. We talked about him quite a bit on here. I'm not a big fan of his, but you know, I think their defense should be better. You got to hope if they are Florida, the defense is better. I just don't see. I just don't know what to think because of the Utah quarterback situation. If Cam Rising is playing this game, I say they win a greedy one because he's probably not 100%. And so I'm thinking 28-24, something like that. And that's going to be because of defense in the running game, not because of Graham Mertz, that they have 24 points. So that's my prediction that Utah wins 28-24. But Cam Rising is a play, throw it out the window, and it could be like a 10-7-4 to win or something.
1: I don't know. What do you say, Jeff? Well, as of an hour ago, it seems like cam rising has been declared doubtful. I saw a couple news sites saying that he's doubtful some ESPN report, nothing. It doesn't seem like anything has been officially declared like cam rising is out, I don't, that hasn't been said yet, but I've seen people saying that he's been declared doubtful with that in mind. I think Utah should still be able to get the win. There, I th- feel like there's a lot of questions about Florida's just offense in general. You know, young, unproven offensive line. You know, not entirely sure what they're going to get out of the quarterback position. I think Utah should win, but I'm thinking this is going to be like a 21-17, 21-14 kind of game. It's I, I don't, and I don't think it's going to be a particularly pretty game.
0: Nope, Jordan. Do you agree?
2: Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be another weird game. I mean, Utah Cam Rising not being playing, their backup that's playing, Bryson Barnes is a former walk. on I'm reading on two four seven. It looks like Bryson Barnes is going to be the starter. Yeah, he's expected to start. He's a former walk on. He won his first career start at Washington State. Again, yeah, last year when Cam Rising was out. Also, a redshirt freshman, Nate Johnson, might get some snaps, snaps as well. So it's going to be weird. It's going to be a different Utah than what we've seen the last couple of years just because Cam Rising is not playing, and we know how hard Cam Rising. I, I, I'm surprised that he it doesn't say he's going to play. I, that's, and But, you, I mean. He just tore such, his ACL like in, I in know. Like January, he's right? man? Nah, that's tough to come back. He's such a tough player and a guy that puts it all out there. I'm going to go with Utah this game. I think they have more pieces, and also they don't have Graham Hertz. Yeah, Graham Hertz. I in
0: Florida.
2: Yeah, I just don't like him. Yeah, so Utah. I think it's going to be close, but I think it's like 21-7. I just don't think their Florida's offense is
0: particularly there. So. The only thing I see Florida scoring is of like these backup quarterbacks throw some interceptions, put Florida in good spots to score, you know, things like that. So, I still don't think that'll happen. But I think Utah's defense is so good that they're gonna shut down the Florida offense, though. So especially yeah. at home. If
2: it was at Florida, it'd be different. But yeah, as you saw last home. year, it was
0: a close game down to the wire. Yeah. All right. The game that Jess has been waiting for patiently, that is East Carolina and Michigan. So Jim Harbaugh out for this game, his offensive coordinator out for this game. They were suspended for a hamburger. So no you know they were suspended no for lying about like the David hamburger. I'm sorry, lying about the hamburger. So and you know I think we got some comments last year that we talked too much about the hamburger. So we won't bring it up too much in this podcast. But you know this is gonna be interesting. This should be a better Michigan team than they were in the last two years. JJ McCarthy has some experience under his belt. They have the running backs back. They have a I think they have some offensive line transfers from prominent schools like Stanford that really sure up any kind of weaknesses. They say they can go 8-9 deep on the offensive line if they need to. They're all talented, all get drafted per hardball. So, I mean, that's a really good offensive line there. For you could talk more about East Carolina, but from what I've seen, that they lost the quarterback, Holton Ayers, and they lost the other key parts as well. But they had the fewest turnovers, and they're a team that just, you know, does the right thing you know it does it turn over makes you earn it kind of thing so you know obviously if they play tough the last few years power five teams if you mentioned a couple on the show Jess but you know barely losing to North Carolina State 21-20 pushing South Carolina in a 2017 loss in 2021 beat Carolina in 2018 beat North Carolina State in 2016 so they've done it before can they do it again Jess tell me why
1: (sighs) The ECU fan in me uh, wants to pick them. I want to call one of the biggest upsets in recent college football history. I just can't bring myself to do it. I will say this. I think they're going to cover the spread. ECU had some weird statements come out today about how they're not declaring a quarterback, how it could be any three starters or some (sighs) really weird comments. that like. But then I also was reading... They haven't declared any starters for any position. So I'm like, oh, they're just being weird in general. We're not, it doesn't seem like we're actually having this big QB controversy. Garcia should get the start. It's gonna be rough for ECU. Michigan is favored by 36 and a half, is I think that's the line there. I think ECU is gonna cover the spread, but Michigan's still gonna win. And I as much as I love my pirates. I don't see them putting up that much of a fight. I really hope I'm wrong, but you know, let's get this like App State in 2007. Go Pirates! <laughs> All right, Jordan, what do you think happens? App oh, State think, or no. The no, I think
2: Michigan's not. I don't think it's gonna be close. I, I definitely don't. I think that they're. It's gonna be 14 points, you know, more consistently throughout the whole game. I think I definitely I definitely think Michigan's gonna cover the spread. I don't know. I don't I just don't see ECU coming to the big house and you just said they didn't declare a quarterback, so I don't know how you win a game without a quarterback. Devin declared, it's all
0: Devin Devin my games. It's all mind games. Mind game, it's all my game. Who is my game? The whole weird thing. Who are they playing? Well, the my games on? on Michigan, okay? That's all they're saying. Hey, right. Okay, Mich- we I think Michigan's for gonna three quarterbacks. That's I all.
2: think it's gonna be a forty two to three game. I just don't see ECU. If Michigan is what everyone says Michigan is and how their team is complete, then they're going to win by four touchdowns.
1: That's covering the spread.
2: (laughs) Five touchdowns. Five five (laughs) touchdowns and a field goal. Five touchdowns and a field goal. What's the spread? 36.
1: Uh, 36 and a half. The over-under on the game is 51 and a half.
2: Oh, Michigan, thinking... So, everyone bet the over. Michigan is going to score the over.
1: Michigan, <laughs> you're saying Michigan's going to, you're thinking this is going to be 56 to three kind of game. Yes. Is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. I definitely, uh,
0: I don't see that. I, I see it be a little bit of a fight for the first mm. quarter and a half. So, I'm thinking more like 56, 70. Got to make, like make
2: Jim Parball hot, proud,
0: sitting at home eating a burger. All right. He's, He's going to freak out on TV. He's going to freak out and end up like they're losing at halftime or something, and he's going to have to head there.
1: He's going to head there, oh there dress in any a point in this game, leads, that's a win. Well, they may lead. They might get the first ball, get a field uh, goal. If I they have, get you know. the ball first and they even get a field goal and they I are don't. winning at all in this game, that is a win. <laughs> no,
0: nope. well, You better post about it as much as you can at a point. So. Oh, I'm going to be <laughs> tweeting about it. No, that won't happen, <laughs> but it's okay. Oh, speaking of that, what do you call when now that Twitter's X is it Xing about it? Because it would have been tweeted if we don't have Twitter that anymore.
1: Sounds dirty. I'm just saying they
0: changed it. I don't know. I'm just saying. Tony, so, I mean, this is uh, a
1: family-friendly podcast. <laughs> is it? I'm sorry.
0: We'll we'll have the R-rated version later this week. We'll with all your that. takes,
2: just <laughs> we do not.
0: It's not a family-friendly podcast with all your takes. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're scaring the children. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Moving along here. Hello, in the flat flat. Hello, all. I want to take a time out here from our discussion to talk to you about our first sponsor, BetterHelp. When we were to skitter... Hello, all. I want to take time out here from our discussion and talk to you about our first sponsor, BetterHelp. When we were considering adding the sponsor for the first time, I thought it was important to do one that is doing good for the world and can help our audience. The reason I thought BetterHelp was the ideal choice is due to stigma around mental health and talking about it, not only in sports, but for our younger and older men across the world. I fought back to the story of Harry Miller, the former Ohio State lineman, who last year outlined his struggle with depression, suicidal thoughts, and how hard he has had to work for his struggles to improve his mental health. How he struggled and did have an outlet. I know there's similar situations going on out there. I've had them. I'm sure many of you have had them as well. That's where I think better help come in to help with those feelings, support you in your time of need. Uh, We want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. It's the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who could help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live visits when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for you for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist and no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you can have the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy. But if a therapist was is custom-picked for you, you'll have more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price. If this sounds like a solution you need, We are working with BetterHelp to offer you 10% off your first month of therapy when you sign up for using our URL that you see here on the screen if you're on our video. That's betterhelp.com slash in the flat. Again, that's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com forward slash I-N-T-H-E-F-L-A-T. Again, check it out today. It's betterhelp.com slash in the flat. Check it out and send us some of your success stories that we can highlight on the air. Thank you, guys. Let's move on to, I think, the first game of the day on Saturday. That's going to be Colorado at TCU. So for Colorado, this is going to be a much different team than the one we got last year that got rolled by TCU 38-13. to Obviously they have more talent, more depth. Now whether it's good talent or good depth, we won't know yet. And obviously there's Deion Sanders as the head coach. We give them a little more attitude, a little more flash. You know, they they'll be fast. They'll have the offense. Yeah, especially if Travis Hunter is playing both receiver and defensive back. They'll have Sanders playing quarterback. So they'll have some NFL-level talent on that side, which they did not have last year. For TCU, I think it has an offense that could be even better than it was last year. I think people forget that Max Duggan was fantastic, but there's a reason he was not the starter at the beginning of the season. That's because Chandler Morris was until he got hurt. So now he's he'll be back with a loaded receiver group. There's more experience on defense. And then, you know, other factor, like we mentioned, Colorado's playing a bunch of transfers, so you don't know how that's all going to come together. Because of that, I'm thinking it's going to be a TCU blowout. I'm thinking 42-21, something like that. So, Jess, do you agree?
1: Yeah, I think Colorado, particularly early on in the season, isn't going to like live up to the expectations people have. They have a lot of guys that, you know, are transferring in. They're not familiar, super familiar with each other they're gonna have a they're gonna have to find time to gel TCU I think is just gonna be more week one ready you know this is going to be a team that's coming off of the high of last year although it ended in a less than ideal way for everybody outside of Georgia so I, I just think TCU is gonna come in they're gonna hit Colorado in the mouth Colorado isn't gonna fully know what to do Over the course of the game, Colorado will improve, but I think TCU is going to win this game probably by like 17 points and it's going to be a comfortable kind of win. All right, Jordan, what do you say?
2: No, I'm with you guys. I think TCU has the better team all around that we know of. I mean, Colorado, we don't know what they have really. I mean, they had a weird spring game. So with all the transfers and Coach Prime's first time in, you know, the power, the power five. I just don't know if they'll be able to gel. They're going to be gelled this quick. You know, maybe week four, big five, Colorado doesn't look better. But just right now, I think TCU has the better all around team, better quarterback that has shown that he's a better quarterback. So, yeah, TCU, I think they're going to win by 21, you know, 24. It's just, I don't think Colorado has a chance in this game.
0: All right. Let's move ahead to Boise State at Washington. This is my upset pick of the week. I am picking Boise State over Washington. The reason being, if you noticed last year, probably midway through the season, they were to more of a ground attack, which is different than what Boise State has done in the past. They have George Helani, who is 1,100-yard back, who should, I believe, should get there again. They have Taylor Green, who can throw as well as tear off big runs. And last year, once they started this, Big running attack. They were a 9-0 when they were cracking up 148 yards or more. For Washington, I think defense will probably be better. They were a little shaky on that side of the ball last year, so you got to think they'll be better with a little more experience and coaching and different talent coming in. Obviously, the w- offense was what really got them going and made them one of the top-tier teams last year from Washington's side. And they could probably score in this Boise team. I just think like Boise is going to slow this game down, run it down on Washington and grind this victory out for like a 24-21 type victory. And so I'm picking Boise State here in the upset. So Jordan, what do you think?
2: I don't know. I'm not, I'm with you. I don't know. I feel like this upset, this would be the one game that I could see the upset really happening. Maybe when we took the Clemson Duke game, but Boise State, I, I could see them coming into to Washington and just being able to put up yards because Washington, it's a Pac-12. I think Pac-12 ever knew what defense was. Still doesn't know what defense is. So, and I think, you know, with all the hype around Washington, I, I think it's too much. And I think Boise State has shown in recent history that they don't care if You are the number one team in the country, or the worst team in the country. They're gonna play like they play every day, no matter who's playing. Six-string quarterback, six-string running back. They're gonna play hard, and I think Boise Washington's not gonna be ready for it. They're gonna be like, "Oh, we got this." We're, you know, people love us. The hype is gonna be too much, and I think Boise State's gonna go in, and it's gonna be super close. Though I'm with you on that. I think it might even be one point. 21, 20, something weird, but I think it's gonna be really close. Jess, do you agree? Are
1: you picking the upset with us? No, I am not. I think <laughs> Washington will win this game by about 10 to 14. I think they're just the better overall team. I think Boise State will keep it close. Currently Washington is favored by about 14 and a half. And I think that's about right. I think Boise State should be able to cover that just overall. But I do think it's going to be closer than maybe some people anticipate. If Boise State can control the clock and control the flow of the game, I think they have a shot. But I think Washington overall just is a better team. They've got some pretty good receivers. I think they're going to be able to go through the air pretty much at will. And I think that Washington's just going to go in Get their business done and head out you know i always stayed keep it close give some people a fright but washington pulls away in the end all right we'll
0: check back on that hey if anybody wants to take a bet go ahead i'll you can send some of the money once you win all right west virginia at penn state so West Virginia Penn State is obviously a rival of the game. It's, you know, they're right there close to each other. They they usually, the fans don't like each other. This is also Neil Brown's probably make it or break it season as the head coach at West Virginia. They're obviously going to, I think, depend on the run. You know, they were 5-0 and last year when they ran for 200 yards or more. So that's what they're going to want to do. And without, a I would say, a great offensive skill players, that's probably what they're going to need to do to win some of these games. You know, but they had a terrible time on defense, terrible turnover margin. And otherwise it's really not a great team outside of some of the running that they were able to do. And Penn state is going to be one of the better defenses in the country. They could probably stop that run. I think last year only Michigan ran for over 200 yards against them. So they had a really good run stop. They have good corners. I think this is just going to be a really, a game where talent this really outshines, you know, West Virginia here. So I'm going probably like a, 49 14 type of game. I think this is not gonna be close. I think Penn State's gonna just take their will out on a West Virginia and Neil Brown maybe pack and for first week. So what do you say, Jordan?
2: No, I'm with you. I think
0: <clears throat> Penn State, they have a lot of
2: they have a lot going for them. You know, a different quarterback that could be the guy for them. Defense looks good, offensive line looks good, but you're also playing at Penn State at night it's just a tough environment when the lights are on it's just hard to play there and I think Penn State's going to come out and just have their way and do what they want against West Virginia and Neil Brown's going to be gone after this week he's going to be the first coach fired in this college football season (laughs) halfway through I'm calling it now and Penn State's going to win I am thinking 52 I don't even think West Virginia is going to score 14. I think they're going to get 10 at the most.
0: Jess, what do you say?
1: I think Penn State slaughters them. I think Penn State's going to be one of the best teams in the country. I think that they are going to – I mean, they're going to probably end up being similar to where they've been in the past, you know, in that tier slightly beho- below Ohio State and Michigan and the Big Ten there. But, you know, maybe Ohio State doesn't – figure out the quarterback, but Penn state is going to be one of the best teams in the country. And I think they're going to come out roll West Virginia. As Jordan said, it's at Penn state. It's at night rivalry, you know, they're right next to each other, as you said, Tony, but you know, that's just going to hype up that Penn state crowd even more. And they got some of the best fans in the country. They always get those massive turnouts from their fans. And I think Penn state's going to come in win this game by close to forty, maybe West Virginia gets to 14, 17 points, but I don't even think that's gonna really matter. All right.
0: Next up we have a battle of the Carolinas, North Carolina at South Carolina obviously Spencer Rattler is back at quarterback for South Carolina, but the game Gamecocks obviously have to be more consistent on both the defensive side and just make sure that they don't turn the ball over things of that nature. I think they had 27 turnovers last year as a team. So they can't do that this year. And if the defense is anything, you know, but awful, then I think quarterback Drake may for North Carolina is just going to eat them up for North Carolina. I'm really worried about their defense as well. I, They lost a lot from their defense last year, and that defense last year was not great. So I don't know if the transfers they brought in, the new players they brought in is going to fix that defense. You got to hope they move in the right direction if they want to be successful. This could be a a good old-fashioned shootout, though, because both these defenses could have holes and both these quarterbacks take advantage of it. I'm actually thinking this is probably be probably the game of the weekend. I'm thinking like a 41-38 type of shootout, maybe even more points. I'm going to go... It's tough. I'm going back and forth on who I is going to win this one, but I think it's going to end up being North Carolina. It gets to win by three. Drake May pulls away. It does just enough to get the win over South Carolina. So, Jordan, what do you say? I th- I'm with you on this. this is probably going to be the game
2: of the week. They're going to. Pro- I think they're going to score combined over a hundred points. I think this game's just there's going to be no defense. But I'm going to have to side with this South Carolina. I've heard. People saying that Spencer Rattler is back, but, you know, he's playing like he did last year and playing like we've seen him play at Oklahoma. And I just, if he can do that and their defense takes a step, even if it's a small little step in the right direction, I want to, I'm going to go, it's going to be by three. I think it's going to be like 56 to 53 South Carolina.
1: I don't know how you get 53. Don't ask.
0: Hey, field goals, safeties. Jess, what do you say?
1: I agree. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think UNC barely wins out. I think Drake May is the second best quarterback in the country. And if you've got the better quarterback in a game that – all right, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) For listeners only, Tony was saying he's the third best quarterback in the country. And I can only wonder who he has above him. But uh, Drake May, I think he's phenomenal. I think he does still need to take that next step in development, though, and we're really going to see that this year. I have faith in him, and I think that starts here, overcoming a South Carolina team in a shootout that they will win, you know, in that 49-42, 49-45 kind of range. I don't know if they're quite hitting the 100-point mark, but I'm sure every viewer would really appreciate it if they did there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right.
0: Uh, possibly the game in the weekend on Sunday is going to be LSU at Florida state was a crazy game last weekend. I mean, last year with the missed field goal and all that. And, you know, Brian Kelly's first game at LSU, you know, so they end up losing that one to Florida state, 24 to 23 last year. A note, I think one of the better defensive tackles in the country, Mason Smith for LSU will not be playing based to a improper benefit because he, I think he signed autograph or did something like that before the NIL era started. So they, that's just so stupid why they suspend him for that and they waited he was injured last year so they could have suspended him last year so they had to wait till this year first game and of course it's this big game here don't feel sorry for for Brian Kelly I'm sorry he left so I don't care about him but I think for LSU the linebacker court and you know the pass rush is good I would worry about their corner and I worry about their depth so you know I don't know how much they have behind Mason Smith and I don't know if they have injury or there's a lot some of their players have to play a lot of you know minutes in this game. I would worry about that. For Florida State, this is their year. Everybody's saying it. Jordan Travis, you know, Jordan's guy is is the do-it-all kind of quarterback that continues to get better and better every year. He has a loaded group of receivers. Johnny Wilson, six seven wide receiver, Michigan State transfer, Keon Coleman. They have South Carolina tight end transfer, Jaheem Bell. They just have weapons all over the field. If he can't do a great job with this weapons, then yeah, it's gonna be a issue for him so i'm interested you know i think lsu's getting a lot of hype about being the team that can get to the playoff florida state's like kind of right behind them but i actually think just because of the weapons and you know mason smith being out and adept and the corners not being as good for lsu i'm thinking florida state wins this game but it'll be close i'm thinking 31-24 38-31 somewhere in that time frame in
1: there anyway jess what do you say I agree. I was the only one of us that had Florida State making the playoffs in our podcast. said
0: Florida State or LSU to his affix. It depends
1: on this game. That's all that matters. Yeah. It's this but game. I said, you know, I was going I was also going back and forth and I said, you know what? I'm going FSU." I was doing it in part to be a bit of a contrarian, but I also think that, you know, I think Florida State just has a little bit of an easier path to the playoff and I think that starts here. I think that Smith's suspension is going to be pretty big. I think that's going to be important, particularly in this kind of game where these are two teams, they're both really good, and every bit of talent matters, and I think Florida State will win this one. I think it's, I like Tony said, I think it's going to be a close one. I'm thinking like 28-24, 31-28 kind of game, but I think Florida State wins it. All right, Jordan, you agree?
2: <clears throat> yeah, I agree. I think Jordan Travis is going to step up this year, have a better season. <clears throat> and then I also think Florida State has so much better depth than LSU. I mean, listening to th- podcasts and, you know, sports radio, people are saying Florida State ha- probably has two, like, two strings. Like, they, they, they can put plug and play. If someone's tired, they can put their backup in who's just as good as their starter. And so – I think that's gonna really hint help Florida State. Someone gets tired, they can put some LSU. If someone gets tired, then, uh, then yeah, I don't know. You're gonna be running. You know, LSU's defense is gonna be running around the field. Tr- Jordan Travis, it's mobile quarterback, has shown he he gets better year after year, and Florida State's gonna win this game. I think it's gonna like you guys said. I think it's gonna be close just because it's gonna. It, I mean, it's they're two good teams. And I think it's gonna be. You know with the guys thirty-one twenty-eight, that I think Florida State's going to
0: pull it out. All right. Final one is a Monday night matchup of Clemson at Duke. So obviously, I think all the eyes and media attention will be on quarterback Kate Klubnick and the new offensive philosophy under Garrett Riley. But you know, it could potentially be the defense that's a stars. I think Clemson is again loaded on the defensive line with talent as far as the defense goes. So I'm interested to see what that defense looks like this year. But, I, you know, I think we all talked about it in our AC preview, but I, we're all big fans of where Blue Devils are going. They're, they have a solid offensive front that's loaded with veterans. Defense should, again, be great at forcing turnovers, and secondary will be simply be among the best in the ACC. Mike Elko has done a really good job of coaching these guys up, bringing in the right pieces. I think they have a really good quarterback in Riley Leonard, who may, obviously might be the best quarterback on the field when they play. You know, and I think if he could play well and their defense continues to play well against Kate Klubnick, I could see an upset happening, but I feel like Clemson will find a way to get this win. It might be a little uglier than people expect. So I'm picking 20-20 type of game. So I'll go with Clemson winning it when I'm in a close window. So, Jordan, what do you say?
2: No, I'm with you, Tony. I think Clemson's going to pull this one out. I just think they have more star power and more just play more playmakers and things like that than duke does right now if this was if we're talking next year the year after i can i think duke might have a chance more than you would think but i think it's really going to depend on how clemson's offense develops and how clay k looks and how the offensive coordinator changes the offense to be better i I think that's really going to be the the defining moment for Clemson and it's going to define how good their season's going to be as well so I'm going to have Clemson I think it's going to like you said it's going to be ugly I think it's going to be ugly just because it's at Duke and Duke's on the up so the fans are going to be really into it and then it's also the first game we're seeing Cade Klubnick starting his first full season and then also a new offense coordinator it's just going to be weird so yeah, Clemson's gonna pull it out. I think it's still. I think it's still gonna be a little I think it's gonna be a little lopsided at the end. I think Clemson's gonna pull out, you know, 10 to 14 points. I think it's gonna be probably 21, 35, 21, 32, something like that.
1: All right. Jess, do you agree? Yeah, I agree. I think Clemson, I think this is gonna be a game that comes down to about six, seven minutes left in the fourth. Clemson just gets that one last touchdown that kind of just seals it puts it just out of reach for duke but i think duke is going to give him a heck of a fight i think club Nick club nick is going to have some growing pains week one against a very solid duke team but the talent of clemson i think is just gonna you know bail him out a bit all right so
0: that's it for our week one preview. Obviously, we did do every game, but I think we did some of the more prominent games this week. And Going forward, we'll probably just highlight some of the bigger matchups each week. But if there's any particular matchup you guys want to see, as always, reach out to us on Twitter in the flat pod. All right, before we go, one last topic to talk about, and that is something I just saw come through earlier today. ESPN is going to show 75 games in movie theaters. So it's interesting for you guys would you watch a college football game at the movie theater? What do you say, Jess?
1: Depends on how much it costs, because, you know, if I can just watch a big game and fight some friends over, get some wings, pizza, you know, beer, all the all that fun stuff, you know, and just have it at my house for, you know, outside of paying for like wings and stuff, you know, I, I think that would be just as good of a time. But, you know, if it's affordable, I think for the experience, yeah, I'd go to like one if it's a big game, you know, one of those New Year's six type of games and you know just kind of get a watch that with all those other people there i mean it's not something i'm opposed to i don't think it's exactly the smartest idea they've ever had but you know it could be cool jordan what do you say i mean yeah it depends on how much
2: it is i'd rather go uh, if it's gonna be no not a you know the college world playoffs are gonna be expensive but i'd rather go to a bar and if it's gonna be expensive i'd rather go and enjoy it with easier to stand up chairs because i feel like you're at the movie theater and you know say we're going i'm going to see notre dame in the college football playoff i'm gonna have to stand up i'm gonna hit my knees and the chairs in front of me (laughs) spill my popcorn all over everybody what i mean i don't you know it's just i feel like it's a little weird it's like movie theaters aren't made for things like this i'd say oh see
0: i swear i think you guys are wrong i love the fact of a live event with a Humongous screen where you can see everything. I would love that, and I love that I can just go get some food, get some drinks. I don't have to clean up afterward. I can just, and I'm just thinking like, hey, I can just chill on these wait, like luxury wait, recliners wait, that they have. Tony, are you one of those people that leave your stuff in the, on, on the ground? I'm not, but I have to clean it all up. So, what I'm saying is, I don't have to clean it all up. Oh no, I mean, mean at the movie theater? Oh no, I clean all my stuff up. I'm just saying like, like you cook a big meal and you have it out and you have to cook it, clean it. You just do all this work where I could just go and just grab some snacks and have a drink at the movie theater, especially if you go to the movie theater, has a bar already. I mean, you could yeah. do all that at one but, place. No, I get it. And then you have all the, it's all college football fans. It's not like you're going have to a How announced what games,
2: yeah.
1: like from the regular? They haven't, yeah. They just know, say ACC, no, we, I think. Mike yeah, mainly. there's no good games just like, then. you know, if it's ACC, you know, maybe going for like Florida State, Clemson, Notre Dame. You know, if, it, if we were to, if it was SEC, you know, maybe that Alabama LSU Georgia, Tennessee, you know, something like that, it'd be worth it. But if it's just going to be, you know, like North Carolina State versus Wake Forest or something like that, you know. Well, if you're a fan of those teams, maybe that's where you will
0: go. Like,
1: you know, being up here in New Jersey, you know, I don't think Rutgers is getting anything shown on any movie theaters. So, you know, they're barely going to show it on TV. it, It could
2: be like, they could be in the movie theaters, like they might do like the biggest blowouts or the maybe like 20, the, they have a horror movie year.
0: night horror movie night maybe that's when they show Rutgers yeah. that
1: makes sense <laughs> <laughs> all right well
0: we'll see how that goes I'm interested to see what the games they announce and how that works how the price as you mentioned if it's going to be if it's like hey five or ten bucks maybe that wouldn't be too bad but if it's going to be like fifteen dollars like a regular movie theater ticket I'm gonna I'll probably just stay home and watch it on the on my tv as well so all right as always, guys, if you have any topics, make sure you follow along with us on X or Twitter and X tweet, whatever they call it now. Xing. Follow along at In the Flat Pod or visit our website in the Flatpodcast.com and shoot us your mailbag questions. We'll be doing mailbag questions each week. Shoot us your topics you want us to cover. We'll make sure we cover it on the podcast. All right, guys, until next week. Bye.